today, Rinpoche gave us a very clear understanding of how our words, when imbued with negativity, become very consequential in terms of our future rebirths. does everybody have yeah um, could you bring Priscilla a piece uh, in the back I don't think that she got one anyone else who would like a piece of the sweet uh, torma that Rinpoche makes is welcome to it if you haven't gotten it it's just honey barley flour and butter And lots of prayers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so we're going to begin um, right uh, at page 77 in the English. Uh, so, just as a brief introduction, translator's note, uh, welcome to the Chen Rezig Tibetan Buddhist Center. Um, we are currently studying Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, and specifically the section on training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Um, that text is a three-volume series that's been translated into English. We're currently in the second volume, and specifically the section under training the mind, the stage of the path for beings of great capacity, or the great vehicle section, uh, we're under the part where we learn about the spirit of enlightenment or bodhicitta, the bodhisattva vows or the spirit of enlightenment vows, and how we keep them in this lifetime and not let them weaken, and then how we do so in the next lifetime. So this is the section that we're in, just as a frame of reference for anyone who's new. There may or may not, are there any more volume twos up here? Does anyone know? It's impossible for me just to hop up with all this in my ankle, but uh, if you need a volume two, uh, I I believe there are some more up in this cabinet. Um, Thank you, Coleman, or anybody who can just grab one. 
just for anyone who doesn't have one in the room, you're, it's just great to have one to follow along. Okay. The Gonga Mepichi Rimche, the Sarpakashi. Oh, yeah. They are. So we'll move on. I apologize to Rimche, explain what I did, and he said it's very good that you did that and that everyone has a book. So the yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, now just uh, where we are in the sections, uh, page 76 into 77 in the English go over the four uh, dark practices, and there are these um, categories uh, that we, we were, were going over, and the first two categories, there are going to be four, obviously, uh, re in relation to these four dark practices. The first two categories we've already gone over, and we found that there were five divisions in each of those, or five different points, according to Jayan Sheba's commentary, in each of those two. And now we're on point number three, or category number three in Lama Tsongkhapa's text, and Jayan Sheba states that there are ten categories under this section three. So you see that on page 77, the marker three. Jayan uh, Sheva said there's 10 points, and now we're getting into the first point now. Ne Kashi 
Okay, so there's going to be 10 points. Um, I just um, want to make sure that I have the break points correct. Um, I believe that I do, um, but if we move forward and it looks like there's some uh, contradiction break points, I'll correct it and we can go, you know, go from there. Uh, so speaking disparagingly, uh, ex sparingly, etc., to beings who have correctly entered the Mahayana. Okay, so some say that the object is those who have the spirit of enlightenment, uh, having adopted it through its ritual. Okay, so some say that, okay, who are we talking about when we say, uh, who are beings who have correctly entered the Mahayana, and in, in terms of speaking disparagingly, who are those objects that we're speaking of? Okay, so the first point is that some say it's those who have um, the spirit of enlightenment having adopted it through its ritual. So those uh, bodhisattvas are the object according to um, this first point. Okay, then the, the tambo shanchu semba jusem, jusemba, jusemchen. Tambo. Okay, so this is the first point. Uh, we have the break point correct, I believe. Nipa? Nipa, Dreta, Nipa. Kachi. Okay. Okay, then Rimbache, the tambo, the kachi ngar semche na, the tambo nangla. Then the kachi ngar semche na, the tambo nangla. Then the kachi ngar semche na, the tambo nangla. Okay, the tambo. Okay. Okay, so the first point goes further um, uh, to um, others say it is equally those who have previously developed the spirit of enlightenment and do not currently have it. Uh, this latter assertion contradicts the sutras and is wrong. Um, okay, so that's the, that will all be contained within the, the first point. Um, that Because uh, the, there are, it says, according to, there are those according to our uh, um, system and then others. So where it says some 
where it says some say and then others say. Uh, the some say is the, the point that would be held by Lama uh, Tsongkhapa, um, I believe, or, you know, the, uh, Rinpoche is saying our school. Um, so that would be Lama Tsongkhapa's school in this case. And then the uh, others are other schools. Um, so, and it says that um, this latter assertion contradicts the sutra and is wrong. Um, so that is in the first point. And then Jawan Ne Shanchup, the second point uh, is that uh, this commentary says simply a bodhisattva with no further clarification, even though in other scriptural contents texts there are many statements that those with the bodhisattva daos who are learning the trainings are the ones who have correctly entered the Mahayana. I think that here the object has to be understood as any bodhisattva, starting with those who generated the aspirational spirit of enlightenment. Okay, so we'll let just see where this goes in terms of the broader outline. Um, but, okay. So why do we say that this speaking badly or um, uh, negatively um, uh, um, to a bodhisattva is non-virtue? It's non-virtue. For those of you who are new, how do we define what non-virtue is? We, we define it as something that has been presented in Scripture and uh, is it within the lineage that necessarily gives rise to suffering or within the lineage of those things that necessarily give rise to suffering. Um, so this is how you determine whether something is non-virtuous or not. And in this case, we would say that the subject... Um, speaking disparagingly to a bodhisattva is non-virtue because it has been presented in scripture it falls categorically within the those things which give rise uh, to suffering um, those so that's uh, how we would classify it as a um, non-virtue in the first place um, and then we begin to dissect the, what we're speaking about when we this particular in this particular context um, but speaking disparagingly is a non-virtue so when we look at virtue or non-virtue, and then we have ten non-virtues, ten virtues, uh, we would find that this would fall categorically under those non-virtuous activities when we look at, at the, them in terms of non-virtues of the speech. So when we think about non-virtue and what we say that is or isn't, you have to think about it in, in terms in context of what um, qualifies it as such, makes it a non-virtue. Shanju 
found or, or one becomes a bodhisattva at the, the path of accumulation. When we look at the five Mahayana paths, there's the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. A bodhisattva first generates his or her spirit of enlightenment on that path of accumulation. And the first development of the spirit of enlightenment is called aspirational spirit of enlightenment. And so when we divide spirit of enlightenment into two categories, we find aspirational spirit of enlightenment and engaged spirit of enlightenment. Aspirational being the spirit of enlightenment which is absent of a vow, and the engaged spirit of enlightenment and, and a spirit of enlightenment with the presence of a bodhisattva vow. Um, so this is the differentiation between the two. And Lama Tsongkhapa is stating here that it's any bodhisattva on any of those grounds, on any of those paths that we say is the object that uh, is not to be despaired in this case. Because we say that at the path of accumulation where that bodhisattva first generates the spirit of enlightenment, he or she then is named a bodhisattva because of that generation. And at that point, they become the object that is referenced here in this point number three, according to Lama Tsongkhapa. So Lama Tsongkhapa is saying, according to our school, our lineage, this is what we feel. We feel that you can't despair any bodhisattva um, because of the broadness of this category and the lack of clarification in the commentary. Um, so here this is to be understood as any bodhisattva. It says here, starting with those who have generated the aspirational spirit of enlightenment. So we have aspiring bodhicitta and engaged bodhicitta. Aspiring comes first. It happens at the path of accumulation. And at that point, that being is called a bodhisattva. And at that point, according to Tsongkhapa, he or she becomes the object to not be despaired. Dixon, Kangai Lasson. I shall just simply do what I never do. I shall just simply chivacari. I shall just simply do what I never do. I shall just simply be too much. I shall just simply do what I never do. I shall just simply do what I never do. I shall just simply do what I ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま、そうで、ま
it doesn't pervade it. If we say, posit that which is a bodhisattva but not a bodhisattva vow holder, we would say a bodhisattva on the path of accumulation at the smallest level. That bodhisattva is a bodhisattva because he or she has bodhicitta, but does not have a bodhisattva vow yet. So we find that there, that doesn't pervade it. So if someone is a bodhisattva, they do not necessarily have a bodhisattva vow. And if you say, show me someone who, who, who meets that criteria, you would say a bodhisattva on the path, the small path of accumulation. As a note, path of accumulation, the first stage of the five paths, has three levels, small, medium, and great. The smallest level is the very first beginning. That's where the aspiring bodhicitta takes place. Um, so the, the argument usually in our school is that by the, me the medium, the middle, that's where it becomes engaged no matter what. But at that small level, the path of accumulation, that being um, is a bodhisattva, but does not have a bodhisattva vow. So we say in this case it's three permutations because uh, we find that if it's a bodhisattva, uh, it's not necessarily a bodhisattva vow holder, but if it's a bodhisattva vow holder, it's necessarily a bodhisattva. Then Nika Yimba? The Chanchu Semba, then Chanchu Sembi Dumba, you can. Nika Yimba. Nika Yimba is Chanchu Jolamba, Tulamba, Tuche. Then Nika Mayimba, Gangisana Mukangalaga. Ribora. Okay. So, uh, so then we look something which is a common locus. So then when you do this four permutations, three permutations, if it's three or four, uh, there's a common locus. If it's mutually exclusive, obviously everything is the same. But when we look at the three or four, there's got to be a common locus, something which is both. So is there something which is both a bodhisattva and a bodhisattva vow holder? We'd say yes, a bodhisattva on the path of preparation or a bodhisattva who has a bodhisattva vow. is a bodhisattva and a vow holder. And something which is neither, which completes this analysis, is a rabbit with horns. A rabbit with horns is neither a bodhisattva or a bodhisattva vow holder. A rabbit with horns doesn't exist. So that's just a, what you would use as an example of something which is neither. So it's, if the way you play this, it's not a game. It's how they analyze phenomenon. Detsuko um, uh, as This is a translator's note. When you compare any two phenomena, you will find that they are either, they have three possibilities, four possibilities, they are mutually exclusive, meaning they contradict each other and never have any commonality, or they're synonymous, meaning if A is there, B is always there. If B is there, A is always there. So the way that you say if it's three permutations, it means that one or the other is always necessarily so, but the other isn't for it to be three. For it to be four, it means there's cases where there's both, um, for instance, uh, if there's something which is A but not B and B but not A, that then becomes four. If there's something that A is always B but B is not always A, then it's three. And that's kind of how you figure out which is which. You, you figure out the two subjects. If there's ever a case where they, they don't interact, and if it's the case that there is a case where they don't interact and they have a common locus, it's four. If they interact, if there's a case where uh, you'll have to figure it out by that. But that's how this analysis takes place. It's, uh, if it's three, it means if it's A, it's necessarily B. But if it's B, it's not necessarily A. A and B have a common locus, and there's something which is neither A nor B. If it is four, 
you find something which is A but not B, B but not A, but something that is both A and B, and something which is neither A nor B. If it is synonymous, it means if there's A, there's always B. If there's B, there's always A. And if it's mutually exclusive, it means if there's A, there's never B. And if there's B, there's never A. So I apologize for this, but there's a lot of people who Rinpoche always teaches on this, three and four. And if you sit back and just study that one part, A and B, what I'm talking about, and there's a lot of books about this that are out now, Debate in Tibetan Buddhism, and another great book, uh, Course and Study and Debate by Purdue, I believe. Uh, it really explains this well by overlapping circles. Um, uh, and I think it's an important tool because this is how all phenomena is analyzed in these debate texts. And as Westerners, we need these tools. I apologize um, and thank you. So when we look at these various mind generations that take place, we have mind generation in the hearer vehicle. Um, we have mind generation in the solitary realizer vehicle. But the Mahayana mind generation is specifically this mind generation that is, uh, I'm sorry, that's specific to the great vehicle. It's wishing to become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings. Um, so when one has this gener mind generation, but in the hearer vehicle, this will never lead to Buddhahood. It will only lead to the, the liberation of a hearer. And the mind generation that occurs in a solitary realizer's con continuum is a mind that directs him or her to only the goal of the solitary realizer vehicle. So it is only the Mahayana mind generation that has this goal to become a Buddha for all sentient beings' sake. And this is the exclusive factor of this uh, mind generation. Because we have mind generations, and we have, uh, we have mind generation, for instance, at the path of accumulation or path of preparation, seeing, etc., in all of these vehicles. And the hearer vehicle has a, 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 a path of accumulation. The solitary realizer does as well, um, and the bodhisattva does. But the bodhisattva one is the only pathways which will lead to Buddhahood. Because the aim is for that. So this mind that wishes to become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings is a result. So it's caused by something. So how does this mind occur? And when we look at, there are two practices, there are two lineages of practice which show one how to generate the spirit of enlightenment. The first lineage of practice was passed down from Master Atisha and is called the seven-point cause and effect for realizing the mind that is realizing the spirit of enlightenment. And the second lineage is the lineage passed down from Master Shantideva, and it's called equalizing and exchanging self with others. Uh, so these are the two causal uh, lineage practices which allow one to 
um, have the result occur, which is the spirit of enlightenment. In the first uh, express, the Lord Atisha's seven-point cause and effect for realizing the spirit of enlightenment, we find six causes and one result. So the first, the six causes are as follows. Recognizing sentient beings are our mother, remembering their kindness, wishing to repay their kindness, love through the force of attraction, <coughs> great compassion, and then extraordinary attitude. These are the six causes. And then the seventh, which is the effect or the result, is the spirit of enlightenment. And again, spirit of enlightenment is English for bodhicitta. So the most it's very important to initially understand the first of those steps, recognizing sentient beings are our mother. Without that, the, the next steps can't occur. It's not possible. So we have to really establish this first point that all sentient beings are our mother. Because from that platform, we are able to generate uh, um, uh, remembering their kindness, wishing to repay their kindness, love through the force of attraction, great compassion, extraordinary attitude, bodhicitta. So we're able to, from this platform alone, realize these other things. So it's necessary to establish this sentient beings being our mothers initially. Less so how do we arrive at this uh, truth that our belief, and it's between the two somewhere, uh, this understanding that all sentient beings are our mother? Uh, we do so by, ana by analysis. Um, so we look at our own continuums, and we first have to answer the question, where did our consciousness, our continuum that we have right now, where did that come from? Uh, so we can come up with the first um, option that it came from our parents. Uh, so is it possible that our consciousness that we are experiencing right now um, is from our parents' consciousness? Um, if that were the case, what our parents know and don't know would be what we know and don't know. 
Um, so uh, if it is a, 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 a something that is known by our parents, it would be something that is known by us. It is something that is not known by our parents, it would be something that would be not known by us. Um, but we see very different continuums going on here because we don't have the same state of knowing in the, the child as the parents. What the parents know, the child doesn't automatically come out knowing. That consciousness is not of that same substance because it would know the same things if it were. It would, it would, uh, if it was of that same continuum, if our consciousness continuum was from our parents, passed from us to our parents, from our parents to us, uh, there would be no difference in knowing. But we see there is a difference in knowing. So how do we uh, say then our consciousness comes about? We would say it comes about from a previous moment's consciousness and when we trace it back to the, the moment that we're born, and when we're born, we, don't, we aren't born knowing what our parents know and not knowing what they don't know. So when we were born, where does that awareness come from? As Buddhists, we would say from a previous moment. And where would that be occurring? It would be occurring in the intermediate state. And the intermediate state would be caused by the previous life which would be caused by the previous intermediate state. And then we would trace this back through logic and analysis and find no beginning. There'd be, there's no possible way to establish a beginning. So this is how we establish one being's, our own's, beginningless consciousness. So then if our consciousness is beginningless through this establishment of recognizing that it can't be from our parents because if it was, we'd know what they know, um, but it comes from something. It has to come from a like substance. Uh, at this moment, came from a previous moment's consciousness. We trace it back to birth, and then we just can't find a beginning logically. There's no possible way to have this non-consciousness intervention that has to be a, a, a continuum of some sort. Um, and if we're exper if this is our analysis, and we're one person, then everyone else must have the same situation of beginningless continuum going on. So if I have this um, beginningless continuum that, that stands up to logic and reasoning, then if I apply the same exact logic and reasoning to someone else, then they have this same beginningless continuum. And once we start to believe and understand this through logic, then this idea that all sentient beings are our mothers becomes believable and truth as well. Because if they've had beginningless lives and we've had beginningless lives, then this becomes possible, probable, and then truth as we ana analyze it. Deekson Rimche. What the Santama in the So if we think in this way, then we will be able to arrive at a, 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 a true awareness or, or, um, of this. Um, idea that all sentient beings are our mothers. Mm. Mm. So then the way that we maneuver then through the next stages of the seven-point cause and effect is then from this first basis. We recognize that all sentient beings have, are our mothers. And then 
we remember their kindness and we base it on the, the interaction experiences that we've had with our own mothers. And we see the, her kindness to us. And then once we can start to analyze that, then we recognize that everyone has done that for us. At some point in time or another in previous lives. So we go through these stages of this recognizing sentient beings are our mothers, and then we wish to repay their kindness, and then that is, from that we have, uh, 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 I'm sorry, we recognize that all sentient beings are our mother, and then from that we, we remember their kindness, and from that memory of their kindness, we then wish to repay their kindness. And from that wish to repay their kindness, this love through the force of attraction takes place. And as a translator's note, it's attraction like magnet has uh, to metal, uh, meaning that being attracted to sentient beings because you care about them, not attraction in the way that you would normally think. So this love through the force of attraction, great compassion, this all occurs from these pre-steps, and then they build on one another. And then there's a realization eventually of bodhicitta. So, the, so if we, uh, this is uh, basically how one would go through these seven point, the seven point cause and effect, according to Lord Atisha, to generate the spirit of enlightenment. So we find uh, then uh, the next method for generating the mind that aspires to enlightenment is found in um, uh, Shanti Deva's text, uh, The Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life, or um, also, uh, yeah, The Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life by Master Shanti Deva. And uh, uh, we find um, this idea of this um, equalizing and exchanging self with others um, by uh, um, this exchange of um, taking on. Uh, the, the suffering of others and giving all happiness, this giving and taking practice um, that's presented to uh, abandon uh, the self-cherishing attitude. Um, and Rinpoche said, anyway, we'll leave it at that. I'll find you the exact quote um, uh, that, that really presents it. I believe it's in chapter 8, but I don't want to get distracted in what I have to remember to translate looking through this. Um, uh, uh, so... Um, we'll just move on from there, but we find that Master Shanti Deva is uh, where the points are made uh, about this equalizing, exchanging self with others. So here. Uh, what would normally be an attitude which cherishes ourselves um, is then transformed to have the same degree of cherishing that we would for ourselves to cherishing others. So the exchange that takes place, um, it's equalizing and exchanging. So it's this first equalizing takes place and then an exchange. Um, so this exchange is that exchanging 
our own self-cherishing and changing it into cherishing others. So that same force that we have of cherishing ourselves, we then put to cherishing others. Um, So we see the negativities of cherishing ourselves and the benefits of cherishing others, um, and then this is how this practice works. Decent. So what is the reason that we say that um, self-cherishing attitude is negative and cherishing others is positive? Um, and we, when we look at all the negativities that we've had since beginningless time, all sufferings and negativities, we can trace them back to a self-cherishing attitude. And when we look to all the forms of happiness that we've ever experienced in all of our lives, we can trace those experiences back to an attitude which cherished others. Um, so this is the reason that we say that self-cherishing attitude is negative and cherishing others is positive is because all of the negativities that have ever occurred in our lives have been from cherishing ourselves and all the positive things that have occurred in our lives have come from cherishing others. So that's the reason for uh, this point. I know So we find all of the texts have very, very similar points made about this attitude of cherishing ourselves. In the the Guru Puja, uh, we find the quote that says, this chronic disease of cherishing ourselves is the cause giving rise to our unsought suffering. Perceiving this, we seek your blessings to blame begrudge and destroy the monstrous demon of selfishness. Um, so here it's pointed out uh, in the guide to the Bodhisattva's way of life, um, Shanti Deva points out uh, to banish the enemy of the uh, self-cherishing attitude, or, or to get one needs to get rid of the enemy of the cherishing uh, the self-cherishing attitude. Um, and then in the seven-point cause and effect uh, uh, um, text by. Uh, Geshe Chikawa, uh, we find the point made, banish the one to blame for everything. Um, and that, when we look to what it's being spoken of in this context, it's speaking of a selfishness, a self-cherishing attitude. So when we look through all of these various texts, uh, we'll find uh, that the um, common theme is that um, cherishing ourselves um, has been the, the cause of all pains, and cherishing others has been the cause of all forms of happiness. And all of these texts 
uh, um, here it is, whatever joy there is in the world all comes from desires other, desiring others to be happy, and what other suffering there is in the world all comes from desiring myself to be happy. And that's from Shanti Deva's uh, text. Um, so we see this common theme that the, all negativity comes from cherishing ourselves and selfishness, and cherishing others creates all of the positive things we've ever experienced. Deek Sung Rinpoche, Lung Kanga so we know that as Buddhists, this is what we believe. We believe that this is how our consciousness, this is how we are created. Um, but this isn't a, uh, shared by all religions. We find other religions with differing views. Uh, the Christian and Hindu tradition and others have a creator God theory, saying that there's an external God that's created all of this. Um, and then uh, there are, is the scientific community, and it'd be nice uh, it, to ask them um, what they think, who or what they think creates uh, this consciousness, creates this moment. Um, uh, and these are all um, very important, um, how do I say this? Um, these are all very important categories or groups of people being asked these questions. And uh, they're very, this question is very important. So he's saying that these are the other religions, ourselves, and the scientific community um, are very important bases to ask questions to. And this question is of the utmost importance to ask. What made this happen? You know, why are we here, this consciousness? Kalsun Sanjeeva 
so just going back to where we were in the text, we were um, going through number three in Jayan Sheba's, uh, point number three in Jayan Sheba's commentary, uh, and it is uh, after number two, which was basically saying that the commentaries aren't clear on this. Um, so number three is, even though in other scriptural contexts there are many statements that those with the bodhisattva vows who are learning the trainings are the ones who have correctly entered the Mahayana, I think that th here the object has to be understood as any bodhisattva, starting with those who have generated the aspirational spirit of enlightenment. Um, so there are some uh, scholars or schools, Lama Tsongkhapa is saying here, that believe that um, this particular point um, uh, that's being made about this black dharma. So black, and Rinpoche explained this also um, in before this point. So um, Lama Tsongkhapa is saying that speaking disparagingly uh, at any bodhisattva is a black dharma. Black dharma is something that is non-virtuous. Um, so why is it non-virtuous? Because it's in been presented in scripture and it, it's in the lineage of those things that give rise to suffering. So um, Lama Tsongkhapa is saying that there are those who say that this is referring specifically to those engaged bodhisattvas, bodhisattvas who have taken the bodhisattva vow only. And here Lama Tsongkhapa is saying, I think, so what this means here is that according to our school, where it says, I think, um, Lama Tsongkhapa being the head of this, this school, this is saying according to our school, um, according to our school, the object here is any bodhisattva. So any bodhisattva on any of the five paths, on the path of accumulation, on the path of preparation, on the path of uh, um, seeing, on the path of meditation, on the path of no more learning, Buddhas, any of these bodhisattvas categorically fall under the object in this case, according to Lama Tsongkhapa. He's saying that at the smallest level at the path of accumulation where a bodhisattva becomes a bodhisattva and doesn't have a bodhisattva vow, at that moment, he or she becomes the object that's being spoken of here. Na Shanju 
Okay, so number f- we're moving on to number four. Um, and number four, what is done to these bodhisattvas is to speak disparagingly with blame, with libel, and so forth. Um, so here, what is this black dharma that is being spoken of? Um, it is uh, speaking badly um, to a bodhisattva. Why is it non-virtuous? It's non-virtuous because it has been presented in Scripture and it falls under the category of that which gives rise to suffering. Um, so uh, I believe the cut point is just this first, the, the jipa, mambo yomari, the tsikchi. There's a lot. There's a kabaka. Okay, so four also, I'll lay, when I stop, four is over. Um, so this all, this all is in number four. When, what is done to these bodhisattvas is to speak disparagingly with blame, with libel, and so forth. The assertion that what is said has to be motivated by hateful words accords with the commentary. Um, so here it's saying that um, it has to, it's an, uh, literally it's angry path. Like there has to be a, uh, a, an angry basis. Like this, uh, this when they, what they mean by this angry path, or it, it has to be almost permeated. When this thing is happening, when this thing's being said, it's in it. So that, that's why they call it an angry path, and no one translates it like that, but um, they translate it a lot of different ways, but um, that's really what it means. It means that it's, this anger is saturated into these words. These words have them, you know, are permeated by this, this anger, and that's what is meant by uh, motivated by <coughs> hatred. Uh, the assertion that what is said has to be motivated by hatred accords with the commentary. It means that those words have to have in them this anger. Um, for them to be as potent as to have this. Oh, we're taking a break. Uh, we'll be right back. Snack time. Two chanarim che. Yapudu. Sheda selvudu. Majir. The. Concentrisa. The Hartford Magazine. Pajasa. Oh, yeah. Jipa. Jipa Drawa. Jipa Shantu Saint Julia Jipa Drawa. Kanaji Lana, Diba Nabichu, the Grasana, Tela Chiji Sheba Ne, Mangabo Subhebo, Mangabo Karaman Gorasana, Shedanki Kunela, Kune, Hane. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we're on page 77 again, third paragraph down. Uh, fourth point, and the fourth point begins the assertion that what is said has... Uh, to, uh, hold on. What is done to these bodhisattvas is to speak disparagingly with blame, with libel, and so forth. The assertion that what is said has to be motivated by hatred accords with the commentary. Um, so... Uh, well, when one is saying these words, the words have to be imbued with anger or hatred, according to the commentary. So they have to be motivated by these things. Okay? Naba, you gonna? It's good. Have Shanju Tijela then <coughs> Okay. But even though the commentary says that the bodhisattvas to whom it is spoken are diligently seeking the teachings and the words are spoken in order to stop their belief in or wish to practice the Mahayana, it seems to be enough if they understand the meaning of what is being said. So this is uh, number five. This way. Okay, Dixon. Okay. 
then so why I'll read this, explain this, and then just to say what I was translating. Um, okay, uh, the commentary says simply uh, a bodhis. Okay, let me let me just get back to where we are. Hold on. Okay, the commentary explains that something disparaging is, for example, saying that he or she has... Uh, I'm going to read the whole thing. What is done to the, these bodhisattvas is to speak disparagingly with blame, with libel, and so forth. The assertion that what is said has to be motivated by uh, hatred accords with the commentary. Next. But even though the commentary says that the bodhisattvas to whom is uh, spoken are diligently seeking the teachings and the words are spoken in order to stop their belief, wish in the Mahayana. It seems to be enough if they are understood the meaning. Next, the commentary explains that something disparaging is example <coughs> saying that he or she has poor character, wherein you do not mention any specific fault. Blame is, for example, saying he is not celibate, wherein you are specific and liable is, for example, saying... In this or that, he engaged in sex. Making it more specific, the commentary attaches the term uh, criticism uh, to these three. So what Lama Tsongkhapa is doing is explaining the, what each of these terms means by way of an example. So the debate that just took place was, in the United States, there is, at times, fear driven by this, where teachers have engaged in misconduct and students are afraid to say something about it because they don't want to create this non-virtue that uh, they're criticizing a teacher and if they don't say something about it these groups of students can grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow to a point where there's a hugely devastating result at a mass level of suffering Whereas if these one or two people, when there were five of them or ten of them sitting there, said, ah, this is wrong, this is what's really going on, they might have stopped an enormous amount of suffering. Rinpoche said, this is all true, and these are different contexts, but we have to just look at what's specifically being spoken in the text here without cultural commentary. But I, I guess it was more of a, a question I was asking, what do we do in this case? 
Um, and uh, it's not rampant. It's not something that's rampant, but it's something that has happened. And I was just curious how, how we dealt with that. So, um, Lapcha Irabe, the Konso Kanga, the Tsano Donadu, then the Natsu, the Gecha Shedu, the Megewatsa, Yene Gemma, Getru Mambo Dugnyel, Chagare, Gangin Sena, the Konso Tepa Yere, then Tepa Chagare, Gangin Sena, Konso Anjir Gudu. It's important that students really look at the teacher. Each individual student checks the teacher. So, so this is how you know if they're good. You look at them very carefully. Is, is what they're doing with this good or not? Is what they're doing with this good or not? So Rinpoche is saying to check your teacher very carefully. But it shouldn't be an anger, an angry approach. This shouldn't be done with some anger. This should be done for the purposes of alleviating suffering, you know, the, not to, to protest for protest's sake. So that's what Rimji is saying, not done angrily, meaning the motivation shouldn't be just, the motivation needs to be proper when you're doing it, is, is what he's saying. Oh, yeah, that's Number seven. The Ranja la Jun Ranja la Yan Jun Yus, or that Junju Sita, the Nasul, the Yuan Lil Habashita is Sagandua. Juba Ranja la Jun Yasin, Yabachivis, Sanju Samba, Sanju Samba, the Junju Jayadu, the Sanju Saint Julio by Yenchile, Junju Jabat, the Nasul, Yuan Lil Habashita is, and the Yamisha Chibri is. De Rajala, Joyan, Joyan, ye, ye, me, John, she do chede, and do you just in butter, ha, Tamal des Sonsa in Jerova, do you just in Las, Jean, Chancel and Jebby, Ne Saint Genam, Teneji, Geba, Chancelia, Ne Guba dance. Shanju Sembala Kuan de Bamatu, Shanju Sembala Kuan de Bamatu, Zodu Shivan, Nabarangabi, Chudi Jindulis Mulas, Takanda, what the Shanju Sembala Junju, and the Shanju Semba in the Yuan Jindia, Judo, what the Shidan Yakashi Judo, what it is, Shanju Semba Yinaya, Shanju Semba Junju Jena, what the Shanju Semba Yuan Jia, Judas. The Rajala and Junin, Shanju Sembala Junyan Nena, and the Nasu Delinea Rayota. Junyan Yamitan, Shindu Chede, ah, do you just about Gontes Sonsa in Jerwa? Just in Las, Jean Chancella Yambi, Saint Genans, Shanju Sembala Junju Jena, Saint Jedena. Tenyeji, Geba, Chancel, the new one there, Guba dance, Tenyeji, what the new one there, Gubi, Lesagas, Chanchus, and what the Sanchezana, and the Chanchus and Baljunjina, Kaji, Tenyeg, Geba, what the new one there, Nebu, 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 Nebu,
Shanju Sembe, Shanju Sembal Junior Jesuna, Keba Nyon Negubi or Lesagres, Nyon Neguba dance, and Nasulkeja Margota, Neguba dan. Shanju Sembala, Cobatabo Matu, Shanju Sembala Cobatabo Matu, par Leje Kangi Jan, Shanju Semba, Nandutum Nibas. ね、レガンギジャンね、シャンジュセンベ、シャンジュセンバルコバタオマトレガンギジャンね、シャンジュセンバニョアルチェトゥマレス。ガンギジャン、シャンジュセンバゲンドトンムネバ。ザトシャワ
Seven? Jiba, Jiba. Eight. Okay, okay, Sash. Okay, I'm just, again, the categories. We're at number seven. Uh, um, I have already discussed briefly uh, the danger of this great offense arising in us. Indeed, if bodhisattvas have even a displeasing thought toward other bodhisattvas, they have to stay in hell for as many eons as moments of that thought's duration. And the thought on the magical of final peace says that no other action apart from slandering another bodhisattva can make a bodhisattva fall into the miserable realms. So imagine if a bodhisattva has to endure uh, that kind of suffering for slandering another bodhisattva, what someone like us would have to uh, endure. So that's the point that's being made uh, here. Is it's saying that uh, bodhisattvas fall to the miserable realms um, due to these uh, words, imagine uh, what would happen to us. So that's seven. And number eight is going to be uh, start that 8,000 verse quote. What that Jiba Duba is there? Shanju Sambi, Shanju Samba, Juju Jena, Sanju Gobunjubu Tuba in a Tuma Duba, Tanim Jibu John, who is Gabo Mobijan, Sanju Gobutuma Tuma Duba Chanagres, Duba Legans. Devalejan ドゥバレジャンロンテンマトロンテンマトベシャンチュセンベスロンテンあでロンテンでガドゥでサンジェイでチェランサニーシャンチュでジェグレイでガドゥゴンランロンテンドゥバゴンランパトラントランドゥバ
Yeah, okay, so let me read this. Uh, maybe I didn't. The verse summary, uh, so this is eight. The verse summary of the perfection of wisdom in 8,000 lines says, If bodhisattvas who have not received a prediction of their enlightenment uh, have an angry dispute with bodhisattvas who have received a prediction, they must put on armor of practice again for as many <coughs> eons as moments of their coarse, <coughs> faulty attitude. Then the Shanchu Semba prediction Yuna. <coughs> Shanchu Semba prediction Mena Zinjana. Okay, so uh, the point of this is, is if a bodhisattva, so this prediction, this is what we're talking about, and Rimshe was in English what they translated it as, um, because it's not common, common. It's in the 8,000, just as a translator's note, it's from the 8,000 verse uh, Perfection of Wisdom Sutra, which is written in code almost. Um, so that's the reason for the questioning of it. Uh, so if bodhisattvas who have not received a prediction of their enlightenment have an angry dispute with bodhisattvas who have received a prediction, um, so what this means is there are um, bodhisattvas who have been told by the Buddha at certain stage, we were trying to figure out the preparation, not really exactly sure, um, but there's some stage where the Buddha says, on this day and this month, uh, you will become enlightened. Um, so there are bodhisattvas of that type, and then there are bodhisattvas who haven't reached whenever that happens. Um, so it's saying that if a bodhisattva who ha isn't there yet um, gets angry, <coughs> has a, a fight or a dispute, <coughs> then if they were going to be enlightened in an eon, for instance, before that fight, now for, they would have to add as many eons as moments of their coarse faulty attitude occurred. So every moment that they had this angry, bad attitude towards this bodhisattva who has had a prediction equals a year added, I mean, equals an eon added on to their eventual enlightenment. So when a bodhisattva becomes, gets bodhicitta, he or she doesn't, isn't looking at becoming a Buddha very shortly. We're talking about eons uh, before he or she actually becomes a Buddha, after that initial generation of the mind that aspires, the spirit of enlightenment. So when a bodhisattva becomes a bodhisattva, they still have eons of, of lives, of, of, of years, or lives, however you want to translate it, before they become Buddhas. So it's very, and even though it's to us as a note, very high realization, it's the beginning of, for others um, as far as stages go. Um, it's where one actually becomes a Mahayanist. When one becomes a Bodhisattva, they become a Mahayanist. You, you're, you aren't a Mahayanist if you're not a Bodhisattva. You can be practicing it, trying to become one, but the, the line of demarcation is Bodhicitta. Um, so, uh, um, so it's saying here, that they'll have to basically do that many years in time for the moments of their attitude that were faulty. So if they had a hundred faulty moments while they were in this argument, then they have a hundred eons of extra lifetimes it will take to become enlightened. So it's the gravity is what this is trying to show. The gravity of, you know, the object when you yell at someone that the, the, the 
more potent the object, the more negative the consequence, basically, of the action. Power, it's called power of basis, as the translators know. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, now we're moving on to number eight. Thus it says that they must travel along the path starting over again for eons commensurate with the angry attitude. Uh, they become very far distant from their enlightenment. For this reason, stop your anger on all occasions. If it arises, immediately confess it. Uh, and, okay, I think that the Jepa Rinpoche, Kabart Sash, Jay, Okay. Okay, so I'm just ever clarifying these outlines. So number eight also includes the slight commentary below the quote. So um, it also eight includes the quote plus. Thus, it says that they must travel along the path, starting over again. For eons commensurate with their added angry attitude, they become a very far distant from their enlightenment, period. That's where eight ends. Nine begins, for this reason, stop your anger on all occasions, and if it arises, immediately confess it and strive to restrain yourself. That same text states, develop mindfulness thinking. The state of mind is not constructive. Confess each instance, confess each instance and restrain yourself from doing it again. Do not rejoice in it. Train in the teaching of the Buddha. Um, so here, this is number nine, uh, where the confession, the acknowledgement of the downfall uh, is, is presented. 
Um, so sorry I didn't, I, I, as I was reading it, I realized that had to be contained in there. Um, so that's why I stopped and asked Rinpoche. Um, so those, that, those two, that, I think it's one sentence, uh, is in number eight. Um, so we see uh, it presented in various texts, um, the negativities of anger. Um, so uh, we find uh, various quotes and uh, Shanti Deva's uh, Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life. Uh, we find point being made in uh, Chandrakirti's uh, Madhyamika uh, Avatara. Uh, we find points being made, um, and it says that in in the um, Bodhichara Avatara, that if one uh, becomes angry um, with uh, a Bodhisattva, then that moment of anger um, causes one thousand uh, eons of suffering. Um, now, in the Madhyamika Avatara, uh, there is a slightly different sentiment. Um, where it says that 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 same it says that a moment of anger uh, destroys a hundred eons. Um, so what's the difference being made here? Why does it uh, have these different numbers of years or eons of suffering that will occur um, if you be one becomes angry? Um, and the reason is is that the Bodhichara Avatara is speaking to uh, the Bodhisattva, uh, a non-Bodhisattva. Uh, having anger at a bodhisattva. And the Chandrakirti text is speaking where it says a hundred eons of a bodhisattva uh, who is anger, angry at another bodhisattva. Um, so this is the difference that's being made here. Um, so in Shanti Deva's text, uh, it says a thousand. Okay. Yeah. Guide the Bodhisattva's way of life is a thousand eons, and the um, Chandrakirti text is one hundred, and that's the difference. It's uh, speaking to the the basis uh, of the 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 um, agent and the object act rather. What? Zuba, 
That's why meditation on patience <coughs> is uh, so important. Because it's said that by meditating on patience, then this will cause us uh, to have beauty. Um, patience causes beauty. And by practicing patience, uh, this causes us to um, be liked. Um, or no, uh, when we have patience, uh, the lords of the world uh, uh, en- enjoy it or like it. Oh, okay. So it's also stated that uh, if you have patience, um, then uh, it doesn't matter if we're talking about it in terms of Buddhist or non-Buddhist, uh, the various uh, levels of the tenet systems, whether they're the Vibhashika, Great Exposition School, Satrantika Sutra School, Chittamantra Mind Only School, or Madhyamaka Middle Way School. It says that by being patient, one's in, in intelligence will be increased. Um, and it's speaking in terms of whatever you are trying to be intelligent about, basically. Okay, so when you die, um, it said you will be born uh, into the realms of the gods uh, and the humans. And and you purify your misdeeds. Because you purify your misdeeds, so we find uh, many expressions where the downfalls or the negativities of anger are presented and the benefits of patient, patience are presented. Uh, and we find this presented in many different cases. Dixon. Okay. 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 Shanju Chichi 
Okay, so number 10. If you give hatred a chance, the love and compassion you have developed will weaken and it will be hard to develop any new love and compassion if you practice for a long time. Thus, you cut the root of the spirit of enlightenment. If you stop hatred, the unfavorable condition for love and compassion and cultivate love and compassion according to the previous explanation, then they progressively they then progressively increase and eventually become limitless. Dharmakirti's commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition states, if unharmed by that which with which is incompatible, love naturally comes into mind. And also, as you familiarize yourself with the attitudes of compassion and the like, which increase from the seeds of prior similar experiences, how could these attitudes remain the same? Uh, so here this speaks of the uh, over and over meditation, uh, familiarizing oneself with these ideas of love and compassion um, and that the realizations come from the prior seeds planted of familiarization. Um, so uh, Rinpoche said we'll end there. Um, and the quote from the Shanti Davis text uh, states, Whatever wholesome deeds, such as venerating the Buddhas and generosity that have been amassed over a thousand eons, will all be destroyed in one moment of anger. Uh, so that's the thousand speaking to a non-bodhisattva. And uh, I'm sure before the end I'll find the other one in the uh, other text. Um, mm. So the... Um, so here it's speaking, uh, when we go back to the text, uh, it's, um, sorry, I moved in my mind. Uh, we, when we, it says that in the um, commentary on the compendium of valid cognition, it talks about these things arising from like things. So um, that... Um, that more compassion arises from compassion. Love arises from, from love. Um, so the, it says, and you familiarize yourself with the attitudes and compassion and the like, which increase from the seeds of prior similar experiences, uh, how could these attitudes remain the same? So these similar experiences, um, and here up top it says, if unharmed by that uh, which is incompatible. So compatibility is what uh, is being talked about here, that the compatibility is what creates these things. Love is created by that which is compatible with love, which is love. Um, so 
Um, that's how you start to understand how these things uh, change. It says, how could these attitudes remain the same? The seeds from prior similar experiences grow upon each other. If there's this increase happening, how could it stay the same if there's this growth? So uh, that's the point that's being made in number 10. And uh, we will uh, move on now to the concluding uh, mandala offering and dedication prayer. Uh, so if everybody wants to turn to the prayer book, and uh, we'll find the concluding prayers. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rinpoche, Gutsi Shapi Denerlam. And I'd like to say, I just want to thank Rinpoche because for 20 years I've been able to experience that analysis of the teacher and looking and checking. And all I've ever found is a holy being that follows the things that are in these books. And I just want to say the thank you to Rinpoche. Rinpoche,